the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. SRN News. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. 910 WTWD Plant City. It's time for Verse by Verse. Sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. When man suppressed the truth that there's a glorious God that ought to be worshipped, he turns off the light. And he began to substitute his own mind for the revelation of God. Human reason now governs his thinking rather than divine revelation, and the result is spiritual and moral darkness. And since man's own mind controls his life, he begins to think of himself as wise, even though in reality he's a fool. Spiritually speaking, morally speaking, he's a fool. The Bible is not the only way God has revealed himself. If we look at the universe around us, we see abundant evidence that there is a God who did create the universe and who takes an interest in it. Hello, this is Peter Silseth. I'd like to welcome you to Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is taking us on a tour of the first three chapters of Romans. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, where he has been serving for over 26 years. His down-to-earth messages make the transition to radio format through the work of verse-by-verse ministries. If you had a terrible disease that would kill you without treatment, and the treatment was 100% effective, wouldn't you want your doctor to tell you that you had the disease so you could get a cure? Of course you would. The fact is, everyone ever born has that disease. It's called our sin nature. These first three chapters of Romans paint a grim picture of the state of the human race, but it is a realistic picture. However, God has a cure that is guaranteed 100% effective. The cure is trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But what about people who have never heard of Him? The Bible says they are without excuse. For anyone with any sense of compassion at all, that should be a powerful motivation to participate some way in both local outreach and overseas missions. Now here is Pastor Steve to show us right from God's Word why every person on this planet deserves God's wrath. But men don't like to hear that they're sinners. Ever notice that when you speak to someone someone about Christ? They love to hear about God's love, but they don't like to hear that they're a sinner. And we make excuses for our sins. We call them other names. We call them failures. We call them problems. We call them errors, natural tendencies. Or we say things like, well, nobody's perfect. To err is human. And we have little cliches and words and different terminology to express what we should call sin. And if a person accepts these excuses and doesn't face up to the sin issue and the sinfulness of his sin, and will have eternal consequences because he'll never see his need for Jesus Christ. Never. Unless we see ourselves as God sees us, we'll never see our need for the righteousness. We don't think that we need it. And so that's Paul's point. And with this, with the seriousness of the sin issue in mind, the Apostle Paul exposes the human race 
for what we really are, depraved, rebellious people. His words are designed to make us feel uneasy. And if you feel uneasy going through these chapters, that's good. It's supposed to do that. We're supposed to feel uneasy because the wickedness of our hearts are brought to light. We are unmasked. And Paul exposes us for what we really are. You see, there's too much at stake for Paul to be diplomatic. He must be tactful, or, or diplomatic or tactful, really. He must be blunt. He must be bold in his declarations. There is no beating around the bush. Paul comes right to the point. He's specific, he's bold, and he deals with the heart of the matter. And the first type of person that Paul deals with is the pagan who's never heard of Jesus Christ. The person we would like to excuse and say, well, he has an excuse, he's never heard the gospel. And this person tries to excuse himself. Before God, he may try to give all the excuses and God will say, keep quiet. You have no excuse. How does he try to excuse himself? He tries to say that, that he is free from, re, from any responsibility of responding to God's truth because he didn't know the truth to respond to it, he says. How can I respond to the truth if I didn't know the truth? If I never heard the truth? And Paul says, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. You had heard the truth. You're without excuse. There is no excuse. You aren't off the hook. You're guilty and you're sinful. And, he, and Paul centers his arguments, argument around the concept of the wrath of God. First of all, he says, God's wrath is defined. Verse 18, some of this is review, but I, I, it's not all review. I'm going to add to it because I think these issues are so critical. They're the foundation of our faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. God's wrath is his anger. It's not so much his punishment, it's his anger towards man's sin. God is angry. You say, but wait a minute, isn't God love? God is love and God is hatred. God is both, and I don't understand that. But the Bible teaches that God is perfect love and God is perfect hatred as well. God loves the sinner with an infinite love, but he hates the sin with an infinite hatred. And his wrath is directed at those who have a lack of reverence towards him and an utter disregard for his will. That's what Paul means by ungodliness. That means a lack of reverence. And that's what he means by unrighteousness. It means a lack of letting God rule in his life. A total disregard for the Lord and his word and his will. But how does a pagan know about God to reverence him and to do his will? How does someone who's never even heard of the name Jesus Christ know enough about God to even reverence him and do his will? Because that is the issue. That is the issue. God's wrath is defined, but it's also deserved. It's deserved. Look at the end of verse 18. Who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. God has every right to be angry with the pagan. The pagan knows enough truth about God from the world around him, from creation and nature to worship him. Look at verse 19. Because that which is known about God is evident, and I don't think it ought to be translated within him, or but rather to him. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature, having been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. Pagan man could look around and see the testimony of, of 
the stars and and the the nature and everything in nature, the sea and the the rocks and the mountains and the trees and all of that points to a God who is good, who is powerful, who is a person, who is sovereign, who is independent of man. Pagan man knew this. He saw it. But the problem is, while he knew the truth about God from creation and nature, enough truth to worship this God, he said no. He didn't want to bow his his heart and submit his will and worship this invisible, glorious God. So he suppressed the truth. He held it down. He restrained it. What did he do? Verse 21, for even though they knew God, they didn't honor him as God. It means they didn't glorify him. Oh, they might have recognized, yes, there is a God. Some people say, yes, I believe there's a God. But that's not what he's talking about. They didn't worship him. They didn't respond in submission to his authority. That's what it means. It doesn't mean they didn't just say, oh, yeah, God exists. It means when they knew that there was a glorious God, all-powerful, they ought to submit to and worship, they said, no way. Not only didn't they honor him as God, they weren't thankful. They took his blessings, but they didn't recognize the blesser. And what happened? They became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. He suppressed the truth. And when he did that, he turns off the light of God's revelation, and he substitutes his own foolish speculation. When man suppressed the truth that there's a glorious God that ought to be worshipped, he turns off the light. And he began to substitute his own mind for the revelation of God. Human reason now governs his thinking rather than divine revelation, and the result is spiritual and moral darkness. And since man's own mind controls his life, he begins to think of himself as wise, even though in reality he's a fool, spiritually speaking, morally speaking, he's a fool. Look what Paul says. Professing to be wise, they became fools. You see, he prides himself on being intellectually honest, but his human reasoning only leads him into foolish moral and spiritual error. For example, mankind thinks that it's wise, yet they believe that we've evolved from monkeys. Mankind thinks that they're wise, but they believe that God isn't a person, just kind of a cosmic force. Mankind believes that they're wise, and yet they say that to have high moral standards and virtues are old-fashioned and outdated. I was reading recently Newsweek magazine, and they did a uh, a lead article on uh, pornography in our nation. It's a hideous article. I wish I didn't have to read about it. But one of the things that struck me there is that someone made the comment, after men see hardcore pornographic videos and and movies. This one person made this statement, and I'll paraphrase it, I don't remember it exactly. We can prove that what they see on the screen leads to improper behavior. We can only say that it leads to different kinds of attitudes. And I look at that and I say, professing themselves to be wise, they're fools. You don't need a PhD to understand that you see that kind of garbage and it's going to affect your not only attitudes but behavior. Some people say that it's what we do that defines us. In other words, our actions and decisions give an accurate picture of what's in our hearts. That's because they flow out from our hearts. 
We will resume our class in a moment, but let's pause briefly to greet those who may have just joined us. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. He has been guiding us through the first three chapters of the book of Romans. So if you would like to follow along and you have your Bible ready, turn to Romans chapter 1 verse 23. Here's Pastor Steve with the rest of today's lesson. Man thinks he's wise and yet he, he, there, it's actually ludicrous to think that to abort a child means that it's not a child and that is the real issue. And I read things that, that people with doctorates and people who have all kinds of education actually will debate whether the fetus is a child. And I say professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. And that's mankind. In the name of intellectual integrity, man's become a fool because he's rejected the obvious truths about God as seen in creation. He refuses to worship God for who he is, the glorious, spiritual, infinite one, and instead his foolish speculations, now watch this, his foolish speculations combine together with his innate desire to worship something, and it makes him an idolater. Look at verse 23. This is the greatest evidence that man is a fool. He exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. The greatest proof that man's a fool is that instead of worshiping the glorious God who created heaven and earth, he's bowing down to an image of man and birds and four-footed animals and serpents and crawling things. And he says, this is my God. Greece and Rome had mythology, man-like gods, Zeus and others. The Romans worshipped the eagle, the Egyptians worshipped the bull, the Assyrians worshipped the serpents, and Paul says man thinks he's brilliant, but look at him. You see, when man abandoned the invisible, spiritual, glorious God from their minds, they had to have something to take his place, and so they invented their own gods. You see, man has a psychological need to worship something. He is a, he is a creature that, that God has built into him this, this absolute hunger and craving and thirst to give worship and honor to something. And if he's not going to give it to, to the true God, he's going to give it to a false God and he's going to have to invent him. Do you see what a pathetic and tragic picture this is of fallen man bowing down before an image of a created creature while he rejects the glory of the infinite God? This is why man has always been religious, not because he's reaching out to God, because he's running from God. By his internal makeup, he's got to worship something. So he invents deities to worship. Do you realize the Hindu religion has 330 million gods and goddesses? In the Orient, there are 20,000 Buddhist temples. Actually, in Thailand, 20,000 Buddhist temples. And you know what the most sacred object to a Buddhist is, most sacred object on earth to a Buddhist is, a two-inch long discolored tooth that is said to have belonged to Buddha. We laugh at that, but 400 million Buddhists reverence that tooth. Now we may laugh at all these things and say, how primitive, how unsophisticated. Never in America, we don't, we don't do dumb, stupid things like that, don't we? They may not be teeth, it may not be other things, it may not be trees, it may not be the sun, it may not be animals, though I'm not sure that with the 
way people treat some of their pets. I'm not sure about that. But we worship the gods of science, of sex, of entertainment, of money, of education, of rock singers, movie stars, sports personalities, and on and on it goes. Just the other week I was at a baseball game and I was, I was amazed. I shouldn't have been. I was amazed at all the people hanging around to get the autographs of, of ball players. In case you're wondering, I did not. In case, in case you're wondering, I didn't. But, but it's incredible, women following them and people just to get close to them and to pat them on the back and to have them do this and that. Idolatry. Even the atheist who says there is no God, even the atheist worships his own reasonings. Do you understand that? Even he has, has an object of worship and that's himself. Religion isn't man at its highest, it's man at his lowest. Now, with all that Romans 1 states about man's descent into the pit of idolatry, do you really think that he doesn't deserve the wrath of God? Do you really think that a perfectly holy God who is a consuming fire of righteousness can observe all of this without being angry? Do you really think that God will stand by and do nothing with the people who suppress his truth, first by rejecting his glory and then by perverting it and saying that this is my God, all these other things? course not. God is angry with man's sin and he vents his anger. And that is what Paul is going to speak about in verses 24 through 32. The rest of this chapter, you know what it's about? Not the wrath of God defined. He's already done that. Not the wrath of God deserved. He's already established that. It's the wrath of God displayed. Displayed. How does God display his wrath? You may be shocked to understand and learn the answer. I was. I didn't really know this until I studied this. It's been revealing to me. Look at verse 18. Paul starts off this passage by saying, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. And the, uh, the Greek tense here it means it's constantly revealed. It's being revealed right now. God's wrath is in the process of being revealed or manifest or made known from heaven. And the question is how? Most of us, when we think of the wrath of God, think of a future judgment. And in, and in a sense, that is true. There is that aspect of that, the day of wrath. God's wrath, though, is going on all around us, and I'm afraid many of us have missed it. God, now watch this, God displays his wrath by letting man have his own way. God abandons man. He lets him go. He takes his hands off humanity and says, do what you want to do. Let me show you what I mean. In the next few verses, Paul is going to use a phrase. He's going to say, God gave them up or God gave them over. Look at verse 24. Therefore, God gave them over. Verse 26. For this reason, God gave them over. Verse 28, and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind. God stops restraining man and lets him behave the way he wants to behave, and the consequences of man's own sin are the outworking of God's wrath. I'm going to reiterate this and reiterate it because I don't think you can just get it like that. In other words, God punishes man's sin with the consequences of his sin. That is how God displays his wrath. The wrath of God is displayed by the very wickedness of our society. 
When a person abandons God for false religion, God abandons that person, and because God's restraining hands are removed, that person is swept away by their own, sin, their own sins into the pit of their own vile passions. Now listen, because man runs after other gods and he refuses the testimony of nature to the one true God and he rejects this one true God, God removes his restraints from society. God takes his hands off from society so that what is done in secret is allowed to break forth publicly. It's allowed to be done openly and with acceptability. That is how God demonstrates and displays his wrath. That's God's wrath at work. Society's wickedness is God's wrath at work. That's how he's constantly revealing his wrath from heaven. Do you understand what Paul is saying? Do you understand that Paul is saying that God displays his wrath by letting men go their own way and they suffer the consequences of their own sin? In essence, God displays his wrath by doing nothing, by taking the restraints off. And I don't think we can say God totally takes the restraints off because it's in the, the limits of his own divine plan. During the tribulation, when the Holy Spirit and the believers are taken up, all hell will break out and God will pull back more restraint. But in essence, God has taken the restraints off within the limits of his divine purposes and plan and God says, do what you want to do and suffer the consequences of your own sin. The last nine verses of Romans chapter 1 have been called the most terrible verses in the Bible. Because they are a description of pagan mankind abandoned by God. If you ever wonder why God allows America and every other wicked society to continue without punishing them, then you've missed something. I've heard statements like this. If God lets America go on its way without judging it, then he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, I understand where, where that statement is coming from, but I want you to know that it's not really valid. God is already punishing America. His wrath of God has already fallen. It may fall more in the future, but God has already poured out his wrath on America, as he's done for ages with other cultures. By how? Permitting society to go on in their sins, and they reap the sad consequences. The day of God's wrath, in one sense, is already here. He is punishing sin by letting man sin, and the result is a world gone man with lust, vile passions, hatred, and every other imaginable evil. We are experiencing the full effect of what we do. And this isn't anything new. It is the pattern of God. As I've searched the scriptures, I've found that this isn't anything new. Paul didn't state this for the first time in the Bible. The principle is throughout Scripture. Whenever men have forsaken God throughout history and gone into idolatry, God's let them go their own way and reap the consequences of their rebellion. In the movie Batman Begins, there is an organization called the League of Shadows. Their mission for centuries was to destroy cities or civilizations that had become too wicked. But as we have seen here in Romans chapter 1, there is really no need for a league of shadows. Cultures destroy themselves with their own wickedness. God doesn't need to intervene. He simply intervenes less and lets people suffer the natural consequences of their actions. But as I have said before, 
If we keep reading in Romans, there is wonderful news. You have been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been serving for more than 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We at Verse by Verse Ministries have the joy of converting his expository messages to radio format. We're a faith ministry made possible through the prayers and gifts of listeners like you who are first faithful to their own churches. To listen again to today's class, visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. You'll find not only today's broadcast, but any number of previous ones as well. While you're at it, we invite you to sign up for our free podcasting service or our complimentary newsletter. That's versebyverseradio.org. Our class today was the middle of a three-part message. To hear it all at once, you can order either a CD or a cassette tape. Call us at 727-441-1714 and leave your name and a number. We will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. You've heard the old saying that if you give a fool enough rope, he will eventually hang himself. In our next verse-by-verse, Pastor Steve will show us from Scripture how God has done that in the past and how He continues to do so today. We will see how God's wrath is displayed in the world around us through the evils of our day. Deepening your faith. Sincerity is not what saves you. Jesus is who saves you. So may I ask you today, have you decided to trust Jesus as your Savior? These were hours of decision, and this is an hour of decision for you today. Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com salemnow.com